Good morning, great morning. Hello to the entire Noodleberg Daily Huddle community. Thanks for being here this morning with us. I am Mark Noodleberg, president of On the Ball. That is the wonderful Lori Salarulo across the screen from me, CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. And as always, we have our trusty advisor, Shay Money, here with us, ensuring Making that it happen. That's right, making sure that it all happens on Tuesdays. You know that Lori joins us, and anytime Lori and I are on the show together, you can promise that there's going to be some kind of leadership, mentorship, organizational conversation, and it'll be lively. Fiery discussion. But Lori, catch us up. What's going on? It's been a while since I've seen you, so tell us what's new. Uh, Gosh, it's just been really, really busy. Finally got all the Christmas stuff put away this weekend, which just felt like such a big accomplishment. Um, We have Uncorked coming up on Saturday night. I think there's 20 tickets left. Um, It'll be oversold, I'm sure. Um, So really excited about that. Doing some coaching on the side. It's all good. Kids are good. Family's good. And that's what matters. Busy and happy, right? Productive and happy. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, yesterday was a great day, uh, kicked yeah. off the week really great. Um, but two things, you know, one of the things that happened yesterday was adapt, adjust and overcome had a client call and be like, Hey, is it possible for you to be on site today and help us with some conflict resolution? So that's going to spawn some of our, our conversation today. And that's going to be the center point is talking about that because there was a lot of good that came out of it yesterday, reflecting on it. You know, I thought about some of the processes that we went through during that time together. And I want to have a conversation with you about it, about how you manage it inside of your organization and the positives and the negatives. So we will talk about conflict management. Of course, we will always have our daily thought and affirmation. And then there's a there's a lot of discussion. You sent me an article about how the hybrid work environment is hindering people from getting promotions. Adam Grant put out a post about how uh, organizations who are forcing their people to come back did not actually see a ton of growth from it. So we're going to have a conversation about is hybrid right? Is it wrong? What are the benefits? What are the downfalls of it? And all of that. But um, yesterday was awesome. Welcomed Dean Mariaka to the on the ball family yesterday. Dean works at Locked In and his partners with Melissa, who's been working with my dad. And Dean needed some help. We turned out to be a uh, a match for each other, and I'm looking forward to working with him. And then I ended the night last night with some learning, which we push everybody to continuously learn. But as everybody knows here or should know, Bradley, who is the CEO of Lightspeed VT, is a partner of ours in our training systems and the training systems we build for all of the organizations that we work with. He put on a webinar last night to ensure that as the CEO of the company, he was providing as the the resources, the education, the information necessary to make sure anybody that's working with him has what they need to be successful. And it was just really cool. It was, I thought it was a great move from a CEO I thought it was very modern in terms of it was a Zoom, you know, it was a virtual webinar that he put on and it was it was really uh, insightful, engaging, and it was great. We walked away with some good nuggets. So good Good. stuff for us as we came out of the day yesterday. 
And I definitely can't wait to hear about Adele. We'll do that another day because I'm sure you talked oh about it goodness. yesterday. But you got me so inspired that I have a girlfriend and I who might just go for it. Because yeah, <laughs> Mike would rather pull his eyeballs out than go see Adele. But he's so, nuts. He's not. I know, but There's... he doesn't like that music. So I, you know what? I got a girlfriend. I'm like, what do you think? It's going to cost us an arm and a leg, but she's like, YOLO, let's go. Yeah, worth every penny. I love it. All right, well, let's get to some wake up music. We're going to come back. We'll have our daily affirmation, and then we'll get into some conflict management. Right. Welcome back. Let's get into it. So today's daily thought affirmation. Why do we do this? First of all, right? For anybody who's new to the show, we believe that the mind controls everything. The mind controls the body. The mind controls the behavior. So daily affirmations is a great exercise for you to help control the mind. Lori, do you want to read this or would you like me to read it? Um, I'd be happy to. Today is the day. Today is my day. Yesterday is gone, and I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I am present, active, and engaged. I am taking action on the things I care about and building my own momentum. Today is the day. Today is my day. Nice. What do you I think? Love I love that you one. You love that one? Yeah. It you just, love it. How does her it make you not feel like inspired and like today is the day, right? Right. Right. What a great reminder for people that, yeah, this is it, right? This is, if you're thinking about tomorrow, you're thinking about what happened yesterday. You know, I go back to Coach Saban all of the time and the philosophies and, you know, what does win stand for? It's what's important now. And if you're not focused on what you have right in front of you today, you're wasting it because today is the only thing that's going to affect tomorrow. And yesterday is going to do nothing for you. Can't do anything for you. So great reminder to be present. And then I did love the, uh, the, the parts about I am present, active, and engaged. Not just yeah. enough to be here. Not just enough to be doing. But actually be engaged with whatever it is that's happening uh, is really awesome. So good stuff. Yeah. Great affirmation to start the day. Now let's move on to the conversation of conflict management. I'll set the stage for everybody so that they understand. Yesterday, I got called uh, in early, called an audible, and went to a client's uh, on site to be able to help them with some conflict management, work between them and a few of the leaders in the organization to resolve something that was pretty heated. It's a pretty, pretty heated argument and a pretty heated problem. And so, Lori, I'm going to ask you a question because for us, I was able to at least work us through it in an hour. It took a full hour, by the way, which not necessarily a positive, but in an hour, we were able to work through a lot of different milestones and steps in resolving this conflict. But my first question to you, Lori, 
Is conflict a bad thing? You know, unhealthy conflict is a bad thing. It affects productivity. It affects morale, culture, right? So when it's negative conflict, um, and, and what I mean by that is when it's unhealthy, it's disrespectful, it's, right? All those, those, those parts. Uh, but there can be healthy conflict that is good for the organization, right? That means that, that people feel safe to disagree as long as it's done respectfully and professionally. Most times, though, as leaders, we are dealing with unhealthy conflict, and that's not good. Well, why do you think that? So I'm, we're, we're just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go make you go a little bit deep. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that it's so commonplace for us to deal with unhealthy conflict inside of our organizations? So I don't know if I think it's commonplace. Uh, I can tell you. In, oh, it is. I can well, tell you that it okay. is. <laughs> well, in my experience, right, leading three companies. Um, I can tell you that I've probably only had two situations. Um, and I and think you felt like were unhealthy conflicts. They were unhealthy conflicts. Yes. Um, and so I think, you know, first of all, you can't ignore it. You, it will fester. It will grow. You have to address it head on and you have to address it quickly. Um, so why do I think that is, you know, I think there's lots of reasons, you know, there's incompetency. Right. Mm -hmm. Somebody's just incompetent. It's causing a conflict between other people that may not be. Um, there's competition in sales teams, right, where they're trying to meet their sales goals. And it's so cutthroat that you see right that unhealthy conflict. Um, fear. Right. All of those things, I think, contribute to you know why we see healthy, uh, unhealthy conflict. I would agree with you. I think, you know, and so that we're kind of diving into this and breaking it down, like competition breeds conflict, right? And competitive environments are healthy environments. So how do we navigate competition, which is healthy and good for our organization, but then conflict that stems from that, the unhealthy conflicts tend to stem from lack of the ability to communicate or understanding how to communicate or understanding somebody else's communication, uh, lack of maturity, right? Unable to be able to control our emotions and allowing our emotions to dictate responses and reactions to things. I think those are two big pillars when you talk about unhealthy conflicts. Like John Malazzo says, if the conflict was public or staff witnessed the entire scenario, not sure that would benefit anybody, and therefore I would consider that a negative. Absolutely. Assuming that that conflict was a heated emotional argument where people became disrespectful and it was bad. If but you know, oh, even, even when it's not done in front of other people, don't think that both of those parties aren't going out there trying to get everybody on their side. It's like wildfire. Okay. It's unbelievable. That's By the time I, I got on site yesterday to this company, everybody knew about it already. I mean, every, oh, we know why right. Mark's here. Oh, we know why Mark's here. <laughs> right. It's wild. And that can really affect a culture. A thousand percent. Uh, yeah. And, and, that know, and sometimes, yep. sometimes conflict is also about something that's happening in the organization. Right. It could be about change in the organization and people aren't handling it well. Um, so 
the leader needs to address that, right? Making sure that that change is being handled properly, being communicated, that there's buy-in, that there's, right? So sometimes it comes from the top and we're causing the conflict. So usually it comes from a lack or a breakdown in communication. Most conflicts inside of teams stem from communication. Something wasn't communicated. Clearly, there was a miscommunication. People are operating on different levels. There's different expectations. That's usually what starts to fester it. It could be personal. It could be a lack of respect for that person. It could be something like that. But even still, the conflicts that we deal with tend to then stem from a breakdown in the communication. So, Lori, I want to ask you, as you deal, let's say, hypothetically, let's say Shay and I were in an argument and you were the head of on the ball and you had to moderate or you had to help work, work us through some conflict resolution between Shay and I. What do you think is the most important thing that has to happen in order for you to actually resolve the conflict? Well, first, I mean, before I even get you two in the same room, um, I need to do my own little investigation. I need to speak with you, each of you separately, mm-hmm. understand what you're feeling, right? And what mm-hmm. your perspective is on what's happening. Then, and I have done this, getting two people in the room, which is the most uncomfortable thing for those two people. Okay. Yep. Oh, yeah. um, it's kind of like going through the divorce and you hate yeah, your ex-husband. It's mediation. Right? It is a thousand and percent mediation. you sit at that table talking to that person that you don't like and want to be with. Right. So, um, but I think one of the most important things is that they each have to feel like they've been heard. So you need to give them a chance to share their perspective on what happened, their feelings around what happened or what was said, what was done. Um, and then, right. Ask the question, did you hear what Mark said? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then, of course, have Jake right share his feelings and his perspective, and and then look to see where are there some misunderstandings, where are there some commonalities. It's always best if they can come to a conclusion on their own mm-hmm. than you giving them the solution. Yep. Right? Sometimes you have to let them work it through. Yep. Um, so that's that's how it's gone down in our. Uh, I, I, I agree. I think it's so important for both people to feel like they are heard by the other Steve's side. Gonna fire, Steve's going to fire you both. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> thousand percent. But I think. By the way, there this, are times when that has to happen. So this was this was really unique to yesterday's situation because as we communicated through, right, I we had both parties talk about what they felt was was the problem and what happened and how they felt and what triggered them and all of that, right? And had both sides go. But during that conversation, it became apparent that there was an also, a, there was a breakdown in the organization that actually led to part of this conflict. So the organization had to take responsibility for some of what festered this problem between these two people. So... So, <laughs> Chris Pollock, fire two people is happening. <laughs> so, it's awesome. Everybody wants to just fire everybody. Get rid right. of them all. Move on to the next people. Um, but so, the organization had to take responsibility for part of it, which I think 
is the next most important thing. And I think if you're actually going to move to a resolution and be able to move on from it, everybody has to own their part in it. And that's not making an excuse for why you did what you did. It's acknowledging that what you did had an effect, whether it was intentional or not. It had a negative effect on somebody else. And I take responsibility for that, not making an excuse for it. Not, oh, well, they did that thing and that's why I did that. That's not an apology and that's not ownership. That's rationalization and excuses. So if you feel heard, that's the first step. Then it's the ownership from everybody involved in their part in it. And then I think the final part, which we got to yesterday, was coming to the common ground or coming to what's the expectation moving forward, right? And if it's as simple as a the way we communicate with each other and the way we talk to each other, then are we in agreement in what that expectation is for each other? And are we willing to take responsibility for our own communication in order to then move forward and can you can you agree to that? Can you put that in writing or whatever necessary steps you want to put into place to get people to confirm that they agree to move on? But that to me was it took us a full hour yesterday. But to get from people sharing their perspectives, people not making excuses for their behavior, but actually taking responsibility for it in order to then be able to move on took longer than I hoped it would take, but we eventually got there in the hour. Yeah. Actually, I don't think an hour is that bad. Um, I think yeah, that's probably an average time that it might take. Um, and sometimes it takes more than one session. Oh, a thousand percent. Like I, mean, I, I told. This isn't I told done. Leader, I mean, yeah, this isn't I done. I told the leader of this organization, I was like, probably not going to be the last time we have to have this conversation or that this Correct. is going to rear its head. But you do have the ability to now hold them accountable to what they both agreed would be the behavior moving forward. And right. so as you can consistently do that, it offers you the opportunity to shape those people's behaviors and help them become better and avoid that kind of breakdown. again. You know, John says it, and we did this when this happened uh, the last time, especially was pretty bad. Um, we did follow-ups. We started yep. with two weeks um, and said, how is it going? How are you feeling? Are you feeling like things are getting resolved? Are you communicating? Right. Um, and then we did it again. So I think we did, I think we did three follow-ups until everybody said, no, nope, we're good. Yeah. Right. I think um, I also think, you know, there's a couple of other things that go to root cause sometimes, right? So why in the first place? Sometimes there is a bully in the organization. Oh, yeah. Um, and when that happens, right, as leaders, we have a responsibility to handle that situation. But I think mm -hmm. that all goes back to hiring and recruiting, right, making sure that the values are there, that people feel safe around the culture, right, communication. Um, so and setting the tone as a leader for all of those things. So and there's the, there's a difference between being an asshole and being a poor communicator, right? right? Like you're in intentions and who you are at your core you may be bad you may I mean you may lack self-awareness and you may not have the tools and the skills 
to communicate effectively when emotions are involved or when problems arise and when those things happen. Those can be taught. Those can be trained. Those can be modeled for you. And you can grow as that. If you're an asshole, I can't fix you being an asshole. Just the way it is. If you believe that you're right all the time, if you believe that you didn't do anything wrong, if you don't have the capability to take some ownership over whatever could be your responsibility with inside of the conflict, I can't fix that for you. Doesn't matter. We could we could talk about communication to a blue in the face. If that ownership problem can't be fixed inside of you on your own, so we're wasting our time. And you know, you'd be surprised. Well, maybe you wouldn't be. How many people struggle with communicating when there's conflict? It's hard. I, I remember a conversation with one of our employees, and I said she was sharing that she had some issues with one of our other, one of her her peers. And I said, well, have you spoken to this person? And she said, oh, no. Right. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, if your husband was doing something that bothered you, right, and that made you feel bad or whatever, would you sit down and talk to him? She said, no. I was like, well, how, how do you so- not? they don't have the tools they don't know right and and that to me is 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 yet it's it's an uncomfortable feeling to have a difficult conversation and jonathan aaron says this is so timely he's currently reading crucial conversations and we hit on so many of the themes right if you if you don't have any kind of skill set or tools to help you have a difficult conversation it's very hard to and i'm going to use your c word to have the courage to overcome the fear of having that conversation because it is not a comfortable feeling. It is not something that you are just jumping to do. I can tell you as being the person, as the objective person inside of this, I wasn't excited to do it. I immediately, like as soon as it happened, I said, hey, I'll call you after the huddle. I need to be, I need to get some context into what's happening so that I can feel as confident as I can walking into this scenario because the worst thing you can do is walk into that thing blind. And then right. have to try to figure it out once you're in there. So and by the I way, sometimes people... when you do communicate, if you don't communicate it the right way, it could just make things worse. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And but it and does it's... take courage to have hard conversations. Yes. Like so for anybody out there that's like, oh, well, this sounds so easy. It's not easy. It is not, it is never easy to have that difficult conversation. But just like anything, when you have the tools. When you've honed honed the skills, when you have the things necessary to help you be able to do it, you fall back on your training and on the things you know, which allow you to have the courage, which allow you to overcome the fear and go do that thing. And by the way, some of that is is inbred in us from children, right? In my family, we spoke about things, right? Well, if it's right, modeled for you. Had healthy discussions around things, even when they didn't agree and it was healthy. So that was a good thing. I never saw screaming and fighting and disrespect and disagreement. So for me, that's not how disagreements go, but I also saw them be direct with each other and be honest with each other. There are other families where they sweep everything under the rug and they don't talk about anything. So I think a lot of this goes back to our childhoods, right? And how things were handled in our families. A thousand percent, you know, I, and I forget who I was having this conversation with, but I was, oh, it was a leadership uh, conversation that I had with one of our, with Estelle. And we were talking about leadership styles and I had everybody identify 
what they aligned with. There was eight that I laid out there for them. And I said, pick the ones that most resonate with who you think you are, right? And we could do a whole nother conversation about what the other people view you as. But let's just talk about self-awareness. Let's, let's look at the ones. And so they circled them and we talked about them. And then I said, how do you think you got those, right? And so many people who have never been a part of any leadership training or didn't haven't read any books or haven't done any kind of development in their leadership areas immediately pointed back to being a kid and was like, well, these are the things that were modeled for me from my coaches or from my parents or from my older brother or, and that's the reality of our behaviors is they're conditioned. You, you they've been modeled for you and unless you learn differently, you are going to fall in that exact same behavior and do exactly what you've seen unless you choose to do something different. So, Lori, we only got to one topic for today. We didn't even get to we didn't the even other get to one motivational about, music. So or I'm going we didn't to, get to the hybrid work one. I know. So then we'll save that for our next conversation between you and I. Thank okay. you guys for joining, for being a part of the huddle. If you would like to train with us, right? We have built a training community. Get on the ball. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you're able to learn from us. There's a monthly accountability call to keep you accountable to the growth and challenges. Reach out to us. Let's make you a part of the community. We are leaving with motivational morning music today, which if there is one key to winning in a conflict resolution it would be to treat the other person as a lady, treat them respectfully, treat them as you would a lady and you will be successful. The temptations, will <laughs> the temptations will take us away. Lori, have a great day. Everybody will see have you. Have a tomorrow. great day, everybody. Now I'm the kind of guy who's going to be that shivery.